We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, Mavs fans. It is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe coming to you again on Monday night after the Dallas Mavericks just defeated the Orlando Magic 130-124. The Dallas Mavericks are now above 500 for the first time since January 22nd. If I was doing my uh, looking at Ian's stats correctly. And, you know, there's one more game until the the short, weird all-star break. And Josh and I wanted to talk to you guys. So what's going on, Josh? Nothing much. Uh, once again, we get a, a local, a local for you, 7 o'clock start. So mm, despite the average trying to put you into cardiac arrest for almost the entire 48 minutes tonight, you are you are probably refreshed, right? I feel good. And would it surprise <laughs> you to know that I actually started writing I didn't pay much attention to the fourth quarter because at one point they were up by 14 and I was just like, if they blow this, then I'll just delete my whole recap and all right, fuck you guys and like make it 104 <laughs> words and then press publish. But it was, it was a strange game. Um, I don't even know where to start. It's great that the Mavericks won because this felt like a trap game and they honestly played like it for a significant portion of the first quarter. And then they, they somewhere in the second half, they simply realized that they were better and took advantage of that fact. Definitely. Um, it is a little mind-boggling to me to think that after this game and after the previous games for most of the month of February, that this Mavericks team has turned their season around by relying on an offense that is performing better than the record-setting offense that they had a season ago. Uh, who would have thought that after the moves they made in the offseason, which were, I mean, you all, every single move they made in the offseason, for the most part, was a universally, it was a defensive-focused move. I mean, they traded Seth Curry for Josh Richardson. Two out of their three draft picks were defensive-minded guys. They traded for James Johnson. 
I mean, they were basically going all in on trying to maybe take a little step back on offense, but taking a bigger step up on defense. It's just, it hasn't happened. And it's, it's crazy. Um, You know, the magic, the magic hit 20 of 41 three pointers. They hit 48%. (laughs) Uh, And I don't know if anyone noticed, but this magic roster is not very good in terms of uh, the offensive side of the basketball. I mean, they basically have three, legitimate offensive players on their roster right now with everyone hurt. And after that, I mean, you were looking at some, some bottom of the barrel NBA roster type stuff. Uh, and I think this was a weird combination of outlier shooting because to be honest, you know, the Mavericks could play this level of defense again, which I, I agree with you. You wrote in your recap was poor, but they could play this type of defense again, and the Magic would not shoot 20-41 from three. Yeah. Uh, so it's just a it's a crazy combination of outlier shooting from one side and then, you know, just bad defense, which is pretty much par for the course we've seen from the Mavericks since the start of February. And I don't really know what else to say more about it. But otherwise, you know, they basically had a double-digit lead for the majority of the second half, which was nice. It's not good mm-hmm. uh, that they gave up 38 fourth-quarter points. It's not fourth-quarter points. Um, I'm not sure why they keep having these really like disastrous type of defensive quarters, but offensively, I, I, this team is in some type of groove that we have just not seen. And this is accounting for last season, which was really good. And it's, and it's wild. And it, I don't know, Kirk, it's, it's probably, I mean, it's gotta be the most well, obvious even, thing. Oh, go ahead. They, they didn't even play that good of an offensive game. Luka Doncic and Jalen Brunson, kick the crap out of the other team and everyone else did okay. Maxi Kleba had a had a by his standards outstanding game. He was, you know, four of six from the field, including three of five from three for 13 points. But outside of that, you look at the rest of of, of the starting lineup. You know, Richardson had another terrible shooting game. Kristaps Porzingis has has you know a five for fifteen shooting performance, and just couldn't find the bottom of of the net. His shot was real short. Dorian Finney-Smith once again kind of a a non-contributing zero after his really outstanding game the other night. You know Tim Hardaway was pretty pretty bad. Uh, had four assists, which strikes me as outstanding. Um, yeah, that's the thing. They, they had to give. Oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was going to say, that's the thing. You you look at the shooting and you're right. Outside of Luka and Brunson, it it wasn't much. But then you look at the 29 assists to only eight turnovers. And that's – the ball was Pretty incredible. They were creating really good shots. But you're right. The end result wasn't always as great. Like, you know, they hit 17 to 46 from three. They shot 37%. With the way the ball was moving, they could – I mean, man, they could have scored 150 points tonight. I mean, they were getting – they were getting almost anything they wanted in the second half. Well, they just I, didn't I make all the shots. That. I wrote about that in the recap in that positive regression has to come from wide open three-point shots. They are shooting a league low 36.1% from three on wide open shots. Luca is just serving some dimes. Now, he was a little he had kind of an, not a bad, but like an odd 33.10 rebound, nine assist performance where I felt like he could have scored 50 and was giving up shots to, to try to get, you know, essentially he was assist hunting. I, I don't really say that about him often where I normally think he makes the right pass, but he was assist hunting this game and the Mavericks just couldn't hit. And 
you can see how irritating it is by some of these because it's like Jalen Brunson, who is three of six from three. Jalen Brunson had three wide open ones that he missed and then connected on two incredibly tough shots where it just, it's like these guys are, are the kind of skilled that I sometimes have a hard time wrapping my mind around where I think they, a few of these players tend to enjoy high difficulty shots. Hardaway's one Brunson's getting to be another one. So it's, it's just, it's, it's funny that, that I think offensively this team has several levels yet to get to because they've yet to really click in a, in a meaningful way. I mean, Porzingis was awful. Porzingis was so bad that I had some Knicks fans friends, like essentially asking me if he was like trying to shoot himself off the team because he was just taking terrible looks. Uh, but he was also shooting from like four feet behind the line and, and, you know, then he added, you know, one of his, one of his makes was a really cool offensive rebound, put back dunk, the kind of play we just haven't seen from him much this season. So I don't know the offensive stuff with him. It's probably best to just kind of write this game off from him as one where he was, he was bad early and it just, it, it affected the first half, but then in the second half he settled. Um, and, and that's kind of the way the offense went. Yeah. And what's really, I think, I thought this in the first half, and I think what's really frustrating about Przingis and maybe makes him even more frustrating than the numbers indicate because I know he had a bad shooting night tonight, but by and large, I think his shooting numbers, you know, on twos and on threes, he's doing better than last season, which is kind of funny. Um, I think what it is is that it's obvious that the Mavericks are better on the offensive end with him on the floor because it really is remarkable just how much him just standing on the floor just opens things up and it makes it gives better driving lanes to Luca it opens up better shots for these role players you know I think Dorian Finney-Smith's shot quality I don't have the data to back this up but it feels like he takes much better shots when he's on the floor with Kristaps uh, you know more corner threes and less above the break ones and, and and things are just open in a way that it, they're not when he's off the floor and they and it feels like they have to work a little bit harder to get the good looks. And then what's crazy about it all is that despite all that, he's, you know, he'll still do a, do a five of 15, three of 10 from three, you know, he'll still have these kind of games. And I think that's, it, it just makes it even more insane. Cause you're just thinking, man, if their offense can score this well, simply by him almost being like a decoy in a sense, just, just his presence unlocks so much it's like man what could they do if he was you know consistently playing like he did in the bubble or you know just playing just a a hair better offensively just in terms of being a consistent outside shooter which he really hasn't been much of this season and and you just I think that has to contribute to some of it because it's not you know they scored 130 points and they and they scored really well on his floor it's not like it's not like he is dragging the offense down in a way like they're still playing really well on offense. He just, the shot making is just really strange for him right now. And it's good. It's good that he's still having this impact on offense, but yeah, it's just, it's, it is frustrating to see the shots that he does end up taking. Well, he's, he's in the top 10 in the league in post-ups in terms of post-ups per game right now. And he's actually shooting the points per possession is at 1.04 which for the volume is in the is is actually okay um but it it comes at the expense of other things and you, you, the Mavericks were up 61 to 58 at halftime 
Porzingis hits two threes and the offense blows wide open because all of a sudden he he his shooting results in the defense panicking and it really his makes results in the defense panicking because in the first half they were just letting him shoot wide open looks then he hits two and I don't think after that he might have shot one more um but it, or yeah because he made one more he made three in the second half and it's the makes that that really create the driving lanes that give Luca kind of a different look so it's it's obviously he's very important to the off to the offense but it's it's not just him I mean the kind of shots that these guys aren't hitting are, are laughable and and there's gonna be a game particularly in the lighter second half even though they play a ton of back-to-backs they their opponents simply aren't as good if you really kind of go through the schedule um and so there's there's still off there's still a, a ways for them to improve but that serves as a really fun pivot point to the fact that the defense sucks and I don't know what to do about it do you have any thoughts yeah uh it's it's strange I thought after his pretty solid performance on defense against Brooklyn, I thought Kristaps was, was was a little bit worse tonight. I think you're a little bit more down on him defensively tonight than I am, although I still don't think he was fantastic. But I think he was, you know, he was good in spurts. They didn't use him on, on Vucevic enough, I, I don't think, which was very strange. That was that um, was my single biggest criticism was the Vucevic stuff because he his his length bothered Vucevic on all the post ups. And that was where he really cooked, and he destroyed Maxi down the stretch in the fourth quarter. Not Maxi, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, and then killed Maxi early. And so I can live, and I think everybody can live with with Porzingis kind of getting whipped on the perimeter on on some of these drives if the Mavericks aren't getting crushed at the rim. And my criticism of Porzingis tonight actually stemmed from the fact that he was on uh, Aminu, and you know we're Maz fans, we're familiar with Aminu. If the man's hitting threes, you live with it. But he wouldn't help. And and that's what I think will be probably very obvious for anybody that does a rewatch of this game, where he just doesn't help. He has concrete feet, and it's starting to really frustrate me because it's not like he was in foul trouble. So so I I don't know. I mean, this is a magic game. Like they're trying to get the all-star break. Maybe I'm being too ridiculous here, but it's just <laughs> that is one of his jobs. I expect him to at least try. And he really only seems to try, or at least only seemed to try tonight, when there was a chance for him to not get beat. And that frustrates me. Yeah, and I wonder if part of it is like, hey, we're two games away from the All-Star break. Let's not put Kristaps on Vucevic and, and potentially get his ass whipped sure. uh, for 30 minutes. Uh, and not necessarily saying that Vucevic would have done scored well like maybe Kristaps guards him well but I'm talking about just like the strain the physical strain of guarding Vucevic like that that's the only logical reason I could think of especially when you saw how well it worked in the short bursts um the thing that's hard for me to judge about the Mavericks defense is you made a really good point in in your recap when you talked about the assignments and it's like when you see the Mavericks defense playing this poorly and yet for most of this game Josh Richardson is guarding Michael Carter Williams it's like, is Rick trying to uh, not, like, is he trying not to give tape for, like, the playoffs? Like, is he trying to hold something back? Like, is, are the playoffs going to start and Richardson's going to guard the primary scorer in the other team for 40 minutes every single game? And, and he's just trying to play coy right now. Like, it's tough because 
I it's hard for me to judge Richardson's defense because for a lot of games he is guarding the second or third option and guarding like off ball players and just not guarding the ball a lot. Um, right. And he's a guy that they brought in specifically to guard the ball because that was a a very sore spot for the Mavericks defense. They did not have a point of attack defender uh, as as much as you know Dorian Finney-Smith can help on that end. That's just not his defensive uh, groove. He's not that type of defender. Um, so to watch Dorian Finney-Smith struggle to guard Evan Fournier around a bunch of screens and Fournier just kind of hop around these pick and rolls and 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 walk into to relatively open three pointers uh, was maddening. And you're like, why don't you give, you know, Richardson a chance, but they didn't. And I wonder if it's Rick playing coy about that. Cause I could definitely see that maybe being part of it, but, but yeah, it's hard to judge it because I feel like the Mavericks haven't, it's like, how good is the Mavericks defense? If they're, if, if they're not, if they're running, it just seems like they're running a vanilla def- a defense right now in terms of execution and style and scheme. And it's like, it's almost feels like it's obviously not this, but it's almost like in the preseason where they're not, you know, they're not doing anything crazy. They're just kind of, I don't know. They're just kind of out there and it's, it's tough to judge and it's hard for me to judge Richardson's defensive impact because of that. Uh, and, you know, defensive number metrics are a little wonky, but yeah, that's just how it feels. Like uh, it's so, tough. For me, it's tough for me to watch, like boil to boil it down in like one statement. It's tough to watch Evan Fournier score 26 points on 13 shots and Richardson basically never guard him the whole game. Because why did you trade for him? I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan. And if anybody watches football, the Chiefs won a ton of very close games this year. And I kept, kept arguing with my dad about this, where I was saying the Chiefs are doing just enough to win. And then they got to the Super Bowl, and then they got the crap kicked out of them because they didn't have the offensive line. Everybody saw that. But I was right in that they were still capable of doing some incredible stuff when they really wanted to or needed to. And I get the feeling, and this is going back to last season, the Mavericks do a lot of stuff as if they're playing for something later. And I don't understand that. Beating the crap out of teams has real, like, you see it. Like, teams that have the highest point differential in the NBA are often the most successful in the postseason. You can go back for 20 years to look at this sort of stuff. And the Mavericks play with their food as if they are a much better team than they actually are. And Carlisle is a wonderful coach. I don't want them to move on from Carlisle. I'm not one of those. But damn it, if he isn't stuck on certain people. Dorian is not an on-ball defender who is good. Yes, I saw the numbers against James Harden. James Harden might be the only player, the only star player in the NBA who he guards well. Everyone else cooks him. Not his fault. It is unfair of the Mavericks to expect him of this. And again, this is a win. We should be excited. But I would love to see the Mavericks start doing some things that would make them look like a team that's actually thinking about the playoffs. The Bucs are doing this right now. If you watch any Bucs games, they're kind of farting around here and there and trying some different defensive coverages because they keep getting owned in the playoffs. So the Mavericks just, they're not at the point where they can screw around yet. And I feel like that's what they're doing. 
Yeah, it definitely feels like that at times. I mean, especially when they, you know, what, this is the second time in a couple of weeks? You know, it felt like the Minnesota game uh, in the sense that they are just, it is obvious that they are a significantly better team and they just can't shake them. And obviously it's not going to have a huge repercussion because they're going to get a bunch of rest. But like, if this is a game where you're playing, like, like in the second half, the Mavericks can't do this when they have all these back-to-backs. Right. Cause like, this is the type of game where it's like, Oh, Luca and Kristaps should not play a bunch of Luca played 37 minutes. Tonight. And they needed them because and they, they needed played with them. their food. Yeah. That's, that's way too much. That's where you gotta, you gotta put these teams away so you can steal rest and steal, um, some productivity and and save it for another night. And that's frustrating. Um, but yeah, I mean, it does sound, it does really sound like we're talking about a loss here. It is pretty funny. I mean, it was like the offense was Luke and Brunson were pretty spectacular. And I think before we go, cause I know we're probably getting close to winding it down. Yep. I, I mean, is Luca a good shooter now? Uh, five of six or no, not five of six, five of 10 from three. I believe he's North of 42%. Uh, for a handful of games now, he was forty three and a half for the month of February. Uh, I, has he? Is is this? I don't know if this is real, but man, if it's real, like, good luck, NBA. It's funny because he still can't hit free throws. He's actually been worse on free throws during this stretch. Uh, he has. <laughs> and then his, it's like since since that terrible Kalashaw column, Luke has just gone scorched earth from everywhere but the free throw line. I don't know. I love it, though. He's catching off. I love the catch-and-shoot opportunities. There aren't there weren't a ton tonight, but there have been over the past three games. And he just looks more comfortable. It's – it was it, – I'm describing this wrong, but in his rookie year, when he got catch-and-shoot opportunities, it was like he was spring-loaded, where he would have to catch the ball, then gather, then fire, and it was just slow. And now when he shoots the ball, there was a crazy, like, dribble crossover action Mm -hmm. where he hit one in the second quarter that had me – I mean, it was straight-up disrespectful. It was like one of those those moves you see in pickup where the – and I want to say it was uh, uh, at Bibb's corner uh, tweeted this where he just said, Luca's an asshole, and I was tackling at my computer because it was just such a rude shot. And and that's something that Porzingis really uh, not Porzingis uh, though it'd be nice if it was Porzingis that Luca tends has been excelling at over these last five to ten games. Yeah, definitely. He just looks very comfortable out there. Um, he's getting a good amount of space. It doesn't feel like he's settling for them as much as he did when he was kind of in the funk. Um, feels like he's getting to the rim a little bit better too, which has helped. And and yeah, I mean he's just. For a player that already feels like he's from another planet in some regards, he's playing like he's like on another another planet right now. Uh, it's, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to say if he's making three. Like, if he's making threes at a 43, 44% clip, like, it's over. Like, there's that's it. There's nothing you can do except do the thing that James Harden gets where you just kind of double him as soon as he crosses the half-court line. Like, it's crazy. And I... I I mean, and he still seems relatively, you know, I mean, his defense is still not where he would probably want it to be or the Mavs want it to be, but it's it's better than last year and better than his rookie year. Like, it keeps getting a little bit better, and it's like, 
I don't know. It's it's wild. I just I'm running out of things to say about him because you know at first it was like, well, man, he's almost a perfect offensive player. He just can't make threes, and man, he makes <laughs> now he's making threes. It's like I don't know. I don't know what else there is. I mean, it's the free throws probably. Uh, interestingly enough, he has been his last one, two, three, his last four games, his free throw attempt totals were four, six, six, and six. Hasn't been getting to the line a lot. Um, He's not driving as often. He's not. And, and I wish he would continue to do that, but I also understand the need to kind of persevere. If Crow is going to play him this many minutes then he can't be getting hammered to death, but, uh, you know, this is this is a this is a good moment to roll out on because they they play one more game against the Oklahoma City Thunder on Wednesday, and it's it's one of the most trap game feeling games that I could possibly see because the Thunder don't want to win, but the Thunder are are uh, frisky. I will say uh, uh, we're we're gonna have to see uh, Shea Shea Gillis Alexander being guarded by Dorian, and it's going to give me a heart attack. And the dude's going to be really good. And so it's going to be, you know, hard to figure out. Well, we should absolutely get out of here because I'm watching my dog attempt to maim his new dog bed that has a cover on it because my wife is is nuts and, and wants to give our dogs the most preposterous toys. Um, you got anything else before we get out of here? No, I think that's about it. I think we covered it. Let's All enjoy right. our early early game yeah. time, time off here. I'm going to go play Sea of Thieves like a nerd. Damn right. <sighs> All right. This has been fun. This has been Kirk <laughs> Henderson and Josh Bowe. We're going to end on a positive note. And Huck, don't you look at me like that. The Mavericks win 130 <laughs> to 124. And we will be back with you guys in a couple of days. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.